St. Mark, the 10th chapter. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, We are able. Then Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the, t when the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lorded over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life for a as a ransom for many. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Please be seated. I preach in rhythm. I preach in rhyme. I preach in stories that are always mine. Some are fiction, some are true, and all are written for the gospel and you. I need to explain for the new people here. I'm Pastor Larry. Some people know me as the poet pastor. I write poetry and prose, very short stories, publish them once or twice a week on the internet. But when I'm preaching, in the weeks before, I'll read the texts, I'll study the lessons for the day, and I'll write stories around those particular texts, around the themes in those texts. And then the way that works out in the sermon is that I will explain the theme I'm writing on. I'll read the writing. We'll have a little music for it to settle in your heart and soul. And then we'll on to the second theme, and we'll do that four times. That will be our sermon. Let's begin with prayer. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts know the height and depth and breadth of your love, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The, one, the, the theme that really runs through all of our lessons today is service. Being a servant. And our first lesson the first lesson is part of a group of texts called the Suffering Servant Texts from Isaiah, written well before the time of Jesus. But when we as Christians read these texts, we hear Jesus all the way through them. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to slaughter, and like a sheep that is before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Jesus suffered on our behalf and sometimes because of us. 
but we are also called to be servants. Jesus called us to follow him. And so I wrote this. It is called Suffering Servants. They gather in their holy place on the first day of the week. And when they leave, they leave to serve. They serve with prayers and hugs. They serve with questions and then listening to difficult stories and troubling diagnoses. They serve tending to the gardens and yards of those too sick or too tired or too sad to pull weeds. They serve with smiles and jokes and at times with tears when hearts are joined in love and in pain. They serve with meals and notes and flowers and texts with kind words and open hearts. They serve with love that finds its healing way to bring light into darkness. They give of their time and their attention and their labor and their love. And on the next first day of the week, they will gather again in their holy place to worship and pray and taste love. For they are the suffering servants of our days, of our time, of our lives. They are us. The psalms are songs of emotion. Almost all songs carry with them some feeling, some emotion that they evoke inside of us, or at least they try to. Let me read you what we just sang and think of what is the word that you would call the emotion that you feel as we sang this. And he will raise you up on eagle's wings, bear you on the breath of dawn, make you to shine like the sun, and hold you in the palm of his hand. What is the emotion you felt, anyone? Hope, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Psalms are songs, and songs are often meant to do that. I used to teach a class to um, our junior high students about the Psalms, and one of the things I wanted them to do is identify those emotions. So I would play what I thought, and this was about 10 years ago, I suppose, um, a, a current song, about 60 seconds of it, and I thought they probably already knew it, so they knew the emotion. They play songs to feel things. And then I would read them a song, and I'd have them in small groups, and I'd ask them, discuss you know, what, what are the emotions you're feeling? Then I would read a psalm. I'd ask the same thing. I'd play another 
song that they were familiar with and I'd read another psalm and uh, back and forth and, and they'd be talking in their small groups and, and after the second or third song, a young man raised his hand, Pastor Larry, Pastor Larry. Well, yeah. You have a question? Oh, I, I do. Okay. And you could tell he was formulating it in his head. He said, you have Taylor Swift on your phone? Sometimes not only music, but musicians emote or give us feelings. <clears throat> With all of that in mind, and our psalm for this morning, which is really a psalm of confidence, I wrote this. It's called Praying for Your Life. Thank you to Hans for helping read. So I read the psalm assigned for today, and it proclaims confidence in God's providence. Because you have made the Lord your refuge, the most high your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, no scourge come near your tent. But what if scourge has already come near your tent? What about those who are praying, who are struggling through the death of a loved one? What about those prayers who are living with mental illness or caring for someone who lives with it? What about those prayers who have survived the violence of an assault or an abuse, or those who are living in the darkness of chronic illness or pain. Perhaps at times they will pray a psalm of rage. O oh God, break the teeth in my oppressor's mouth. Tear out the fangs of the young lions, O oh Lord. Let them vanish like water that runs away. Like grass, let them be trodden down and wither. But what if the prayer is the one who feels trodden down. What if the one who is praying is worn and weary and drained? And what if the one who is praying has nothing left but only a plea for help? Perhaps at times they will pray a psalm of hope. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And what if the prayer is guilty? What if their trouble is trouble that they have made themselves and they are torn apart and broken and need to be transformed, changed? Perhaps they will pray a prayer of confession. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain in me a willing spirit. Wherever you are, whatever your circumstances in life, there are words to pray and to God who hears and to God who is with you through it all. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Amen. 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 Thank you. 
And our gospel lesson for today, James and John come to Jesus and they say, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask you to do. That never goes well. Jesus answers in the end, Whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. We hear those words in the church often, and yet it's still difficult to live those out. We still honor those with power, with privilege, those who already are honored. So I wrote this. I have wrote two things about the gospel. This is the first one. Servants all. Long ago and far away, in the land of deep ice and late thaws, Minnesota, a group of people met and prayed and built a building to train holy men. And they didn't know it at the time, but they would train holy women too. They would teach students with names like Michael and Katie, Larry and Mary Alice and Rita. Over the years, they would build many towering buildings of limestone and brick with huge columns and grand entryways. They would bring people to teach their students people with much knowledge, many degrees, and great honor. They would name their buildings names like Bachman, Gullickson, Stube, after great leaders and teachers of their students. And then one day, as they were building one more building, they announced the name would be Sandgren Hall. People wondered who this Sandgren was that was given such a great honor. A former teacher? No. A former president? Not this time. A generous donor, perhaps, or a well-known author? Nope and nope. Why, it was Walter Sandgren. We all knew Walter. He worked out of a room in the administration building. Well, downstairs, next to the school's boiler. For 40 years, Walter had swept the floors, shoveled the snow, trimmed the trees, maintained the boiler, fixed this and that. Walter was a janitor, a maintenance engineer. On the day that Sandgren Hall was dedicated, his friends were all there and had smiles on their faces. Walter wore a brand new suit and had tears on his cheeks. Jesus said, whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant. Walter never wanted to be great. He just wanted to serve. And now he is remembered for a life of service. Servants all.
Well, that was a story. This is not. This next writing is prose. This is about the difficult journey toward transformation, towards sorting out what it is that we give power to in our own lives. There's a story about the journey toward Jesus, and it is simply called, Listen. You know the voices. You've heard them calling you to be a leader, calling you to step up, to be a step ahead, to be the best, and choose to work hard, and choose your destiny, and win the prize, and take your place among the winners, to walk among the champions. You know the voices. There's another voice that is calling, calling you to sacrifice so that others might breathe, calling you to serve so that others might be warm, calling you to let go so that others might have something to hold on to, calling you to risk so that others might feel seen. In the end, the walk with this voice is often among the grieving. The prize on this journey is shared with the struggling and the broken. The choice is almost always humbling. The choice is always love. And it may take you where you do not want to go. Jesus warned us of that. Jesus had to remind his disciples a million times. He had to call them over and over away from the throne. And when they finally chose it, they changed. And his disciples from then on have continued to change the world. One struggling difficult moment at a time. Whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. Listen.